Welcome back to season three of my podcast. I am Amanda Blackwood, the survivor. As many of you know, I wrote my autobiography as a survivor of human trafficking called Custom Justice. For those of you who didn't know, now you do. Keeping in line with that, this entire season is going to be focused on interviewing other trauma survivors who did or plan to write about their own experiences as trauma survivors and how they overcame their past. Get ready to hear from some truly incredible people. Please hang on for a moment through this brief advertisement. This is what currently pays for the show. Of course, I will also take donations through PayPal to keep the show running, or you can show support by a simple book purchase. I have quite a few out there. Just look for books by Amanda Blackwood on Amazon or Barnes & Noble. Your purchase does go to helping to support local organizations that help fight human trafficking also. Hi, good afternoon, Mason. It is nice to meet you. Thank you so much for joining me today. Hi. (laughs) It is so nice to finally get a chance to talk to you. Um, Folks, Mason is a child abuse survivor of multiple levels. She lost her father to an overdose. Um, She walked in on her brother's attempt and lost eight people to suicide. Uh, But Mason overcame all of this. She just published a book about PTSD and trauma. It's a fictional young adult novel centered around a school shooting survivor. Mason, welcome to the show. Hi, um, great to be here. (laughs) So Mason, let's jump straight into this. Uh, Where did you grow up? What was your family like life when you were little? (sighs) Okay, so I was born in Flint, Michigan, and I was raised there for the first five years, but my mother and father divorced when I was an infant like they they split up when I was really little and my mom remarried my stepdad when I was three and or met him and remarried or married him when I was three sorry um and then we moved to Brooklyn Michigan so I was raised there until I was about 17. So you you have most of your memories of Brooklyn do you have any of Flint Michigan at all? I do. I have really fuzzy ones. I have a few fuzzy memories with my dad there and with my mom there and with my uncle and aunt. Plus, they still live there, and I visit them often. Oh, wow. Okay. Uh, So tell us a little bit about the the, the different types of trauma that you've had to overcome because of everything that you've had to go through, and a little bit of your story, if you don't mind. Oh, man. (laughs) Um, I have survived a lot of stuff. And it definitely had a hand in my writing, but for the most part, it's just been a lot of PTSD has been the biggest issue. Um, I ended up with a lot of avoidance issues and a lot of almost like dissociation. Like I have to joke about it all the time because that's just how you get through at that point. But Um, I did learn to overcome it with the help of more of a found family situation with a lot of really close friends. Um, and my, my husband is great. So he helped. He's been open for about five years now. And yeah. And, uh, having a good support system after I got out of my situation really helped me overcome a lot of it. There's still parts I struggle with, but you know, for the most part, the PTSD is pretty much under control now. Yeah, it does take a long time to really get a good handle on a lot of that stuff. 
Um, so you kind of touched on a lot of the stuff that I was going to ask you. So nicely done there. Um, hooray. <laughs> it's almost like you knew what I was going to ask. Um, how you, you said you've been married for five years now. Um, I've been with him for five years. We five did years. separate for a year last year. Oh, um, but we got back together on New Year's Eve. Oh, good. Yeah. That must've been really hard for you. I mean, it's close as you guys have been, I'm sure with him helping you do everything. Oh yeah. Um, it, it was a, it was a necessary separation for both of us, I think, but we are so much better now, honestly. That's awesome. So what have you found that has been able to help you heal the most from everything that you have been through? Because, I mean, that was a lot that I put into that intro. That was how you introduced yourself to me. And I gave you about 10%. <laughs> oh, my gosh. <laughs> oh, that's man. crazy. Yeah. I'm trying to keep it vague here for you. <laughs> you can go into as much or as little detail as you like. Um, I do let people know that this is about trauma. So if they're Absolutely. not comfortable with this, then this is probably not the right podcast for them to listen That's to not ever. The right book either. <laughs> <laughs> right, exactly. Um, so what have you done to kind of combat it and, and move yourself through it? I know these support systems are huge and they're such a massive help when you really need it, but there are certain things that we have to do within ourselves really to learn how to move on. It's like, for me, I had to figure out how to forgive my former trafficker, not forget, but forgive. There's a huge difference. Uh, <laughs> There's been a couple things I've done. And I'm really glad you were able to forgive that person. I completely support that. I, I actually forgive my abusers, too, at least the, the major one. But I went no contact with my mother recently. Yeah. And I, as cliche as this sounds, um, writing. I got back into writing last year, and since then I've been able to sort through it a lot more than yeah. before that's exactly what it was for me and I also went no contact with my mother and I guess it was probably 2013 now it's been a number of years oh my gosh the game changer <laughs> yeah we've we've barely had contact since March and it's it's been kind of helpful yeah so uh what kind of services or resources have you found that have been helpful uh, for people that have gone through similar traumas to your own? I credit my pretty much my entire life to my uh, therapist that I've had for basically the last 10 years. There was a two-year oh, wow. hiatus, but she was my therapist from like 14 to 16 and then 18 to now. Wow. She's incredible. That is very cool. Very, very cool. Um, and I know you said that you wanted to be asked about trigger warnings and audience maturity age recommendations. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Um, there is a lot that I want to cover for a trigger warning. This book does get very heavy. It's a very personal account of PTSD from the inside. Um it gets a little dark. There's a school shooting. I mean, the second chapter 
is a school shooting. I confined it to one chapter, but it happens very early, very quickly, out of nowhere, kind of like it does in real life. Um, And it gets really dark. There's talk of suicide. There's talk of domestic violence, but nothing, quote unquote, on camera, as it were. Um, Some violence between teenagers. It's a YA book. There's, There's some fighting. Um, right. And a lot of swearing. So I would say 16 to up, but mature teenagers can handle this fine. I would have read this at 14 and been okay. Okay. That's definitely good to know. I've got some friends that have kids at about the right age range for your for your uh, target audience there. That's awesome. Um, so where can people find your book when they're looking for it? Um, so if Barnes and Noble and Amazon both carry my book. Amazon has hardcover and paperback, and you can find the ebook editions on my publisher's website at Writers Republic Bookshop. Very cool. Um, and then, um, what was your book called? What What are they going to search for specifically? The Ghost of You by Mason Carlyle. Nice. Uh, do you have any parts of your book that you would be comfortable reading or sharing with the audience? Um, if you want to, you can skip over that too. I would, I be would right not with that. mind skipping over that. I cannot read out loud. <laughs> <laughs> would you be more comfortable with just telling us a little bit about the storyline um, as it evolves? All right, go for it. Um, I'm going to try to do this without any spoilers. It's It's a big story. Uh, the book opens with a Levi Walker. It's, it's just any other day at school. He's waking up and he's having a quick breakfast with his family, goes to school, and then suddenly at lunch, he is involved in a very tragic school shooting, which leaves him pretty much the sole survivor of his friend group that was at that table. Oh. So... A little bit of a trigger warning for Uvalde. Um, I wrote this book last year. I wrote all these scenes pretty much last year. Uh, There's 19 victims of this shooting, and he survives playing dead on accident. So there's there's some unfortunate coincidences. Right. To a recent shooting, but I really tried hard to make it not like any other shooting. Before it happened. Um, but I know that had to impact you in a big way, too. Oh, man, yeah. Uh, th- that happened about a week after this book was released. Oh. Oh, my yep. gosh. Yep. So I wrote a book where 19 children die in a school shooting, and then a week later, wow. it gets released, and uh, that happened. Wow, oh, man. oh my gosh. Yeah, um, I remember seeing something uh, that you posted on Facebook there where you were actually considering pulling the book down. I'm glad you reconsidered and you haven't done that yet. Is that still something that you're thinking about? I hope no. not. Okay, um, I added a warning that should start being in circulation for new books that addresses that there are similar similarities that are unintentional, just like I just did with you. Okay. Um, and it also explains that, you know, like I'm doing something about this. I'm not just trying to write this just to 
talk about a triggering subject like donating 10% of profits to March for Our Lives. So there's a warning for that now because I know that a lot of people will have feelings about that, but I think those kids are really making a difference and I think that this book matters enough to justify leaving it even with the unfortunate number. Right. That's good. So this is something that I think Personally, I believe that people need this. Um, I think the kids can probably benefit from reading your book. I think the parents can probably benefit from reading it and understanding what it is that kids go through. I mean, this is this is that is why I wrote this book. That is one hundred percent reason. Like, I wanted to make sure that kids can see the warning signs in themselves and in each other, and I wanted to make sure parents can see. Like, we're not trying to be like that when it gets stressful like there's two sides to all of this so there's you know he struggles with his relationship with his parents for a while um they weren't really around very much before the shooting and then they moved all the way to a new town in the middle of nowhere right after just left the whole situation wow so he's not very close with his parents at the beginning of the book at all and that relationship evolves but you see like the parents perspective you see kind of what parents aren't seeing that they need to right that was my goal like I wanted to make this almost educational in a way I tried to basically put a psychology textbook into a YA book and I think I did it (laughs) that's awesome I have to applaud you for this. I mean, I know having your own childhood traumas and stuff growing up, that could not have been an easy thing to do is to put yourself back into a traumatic space in your brain, in your heart, to be able to put this down on paper and have it be something that can be read by kids. That that had to be a challenge for you. Oh, yeah. Um, I had to take a seven-month sensitivity break. Yeah. Yeah. Like, after writing the... Uh, the first part of the book where he's in New York, the wake of the shooting, basically, after writing the wake of the shooting, I had to take seven months off from writing that book at all. Wow. Um, it, it was quite hard to get back in that headspace, but it made it more real, I think. Right. Um, because that headspace and you're feeling the anxiety again all over again and it's fresh, you can just type out how you're feeling during anxiety yeah. issues so I, I did help <laughs> helped, yeah. helped with the writing and it did help me process a lot of it too good yeah you know that's one of the things that I love to hear the most that's the only way that I was able to move beyond my own past um, I set out and wrote my book and I took I had been trying to process everything for years years at that point and I sat down and wrote my book in the month of December in 2020 and by the end of that by the time my book was published I was finally ready to be able to move on with my life Um, it was immediately afterward I met my husband it was amazing oh wow (laughs) um my writing story is a little bit more different than that my husband had no idea I could write until last year oh my gosh yeah This had to be Um, quite the surprise for him. (laughs) Oh, yeah. Um, I did not meet him through writing. I met him through my best friend who is tragically passed on. But we met at one of her parties. Oh, wow. 
Um, but no, he had no idea I could write until last year when I suddenly started writing The Ghost of You. <laughs> we have been together for four years at that point. <laughs> wow. Oh, my gosh. Have you always had the passion? Have you always wanted to be a writer? Oh, man. Um, here's here's dipping into the childhood trauma about it. Um, I'm going to tell you the worst thing I think that ever happened to me, but it's okay. not graphic. Um, it's more of a psychological aspect, but it's why I didn't write for seven years. And I do mention that in my author bio that I'm coming back from a seven year hiatus. Wow. Okay. Yeah. Um, I started writing when I was in middle school, I had this awesome teacher, Mrs. Schmidt, and then Mrs. Dagenet, both of them, they just sparked such a big, interesting, creative writing. And I remember one of them assigned a short story for Halloween, and I wrote a 22-page novella based around the Telltale Heart by Edgar Allan Poe. Nice. <laughs> and turned that in. And since then, I just was writing poems and songs and pretty much anything I could think of. And then when I was 16, I got this really good idea for a book. And I was already in independent creative writing, so I was kind of just allowed to work on whatever I wanted. Um, so I decided to write a book and I finished it in about a year. I wrote pretty much exclusively anytime I had the chance. I was grounded a lot. So <laughs> been there. <laughs> yeah, so I wrote a lot. Um, and I finished the book in a year and I came home from school one day to find that they read the book while I was at school, deleted it. Oh. deleted all of my poems because they got to chapter two of the book and didn't like that I mentioned child abuse. Oh. So they cleared the entire thing. I called my therapist. I expressed some suicidal ideation and then they fired her on speakerphone in front of me. Oh my gosh. So... I didn't write a single thing until last year I woke up from this awful nightmare that I survived a school shooting and then lived like months of a life that I wrote basically. And I woke up and I wrote down as much as I could remember the second I did. Wow. And wow. I just decided to start writing again. And then I realized I still had it. In fact, I was better than ever. And uh, and I've basically been writing since. I've got a lot of projects under my belt right now. Way to take it back, man. That's that's awesome. Yeah, my parents we went no contact over stuff. it. Yeah, yeah. My mom I, and I went no contact over me writing again. Wow. Was it because she was afraid that you would tell the truth? Um, it started last year. I found out that she didn't technically delete the book or some of my poems she had them saved on a flash drive to sue me for slander and defamation for writing a fiction story that vaguely talked about child abuse at the time wow like okay. that was part of the character's backstory was she had an abusive alcoholic father i did not have that situation but wow. they made it to chapter two where that's mentioned and made me think it was deleted but tried to sue me for slander and defamation for writing about them when I did not. Oh my gosh. And you were one of those situations. I was 16. 
when this and happened. And they wanted to sue a 16-year-old child that was living in their household for writing fiction. Yeah. <laughs> That's insane. That is absolutely oh, It was insane. like a 350-page book, too. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, I yep. had a lot of my writing and stuff deleted and uh, completely gotten rid of forever by my family when I was growing up. It got to where I started writing books uh, while I was outside mowing the lawn and the books would only remain in my head and I never wrote them down and those stories are lost forever now. I did that too. Um, I definitely did that too when I was younger. Uh, there's good news to that story though. Um, okay. Kind of. So last year, my daughter's first birthday party, my best friend casually brings up in front of my mother on accident that I'm writing again. Oh. I had already been writing for a minute and this was during my hiatus actually like the little break I took for sensitivity. Yeah. And uh, my mom's like, oh, I still have all your old writing stuff. <gasps> Just so casually, she forgot. She forgot the context of why she would have that. So the next day, she brings me a flash drive, and it's got the book on it, and it's got some poems that vaguely allude to, like, suicide and my brother's attempt and feeling really depressed like i personally would hospitalize my child if i saw these not yeah not going to sue them yeah <laughs> and on the header of these documents is like information for a lawsuit oh my god and gosh. explaining that like my defamation is a threat to my family's reputation wow and all this stuff and i'm like that's how i found out that my book wasn't murdered and that's how I found out that she was going to sue me. And it was seven years later. This just happened in September. Oh, my gosh. Oh, my wow. God. So I put it on the back burner, though. I was like, okay, I've got the book back. And I put it on the back burner. And I finished The Ghost of You. And as soon as I did, um, I ended up in a really bad fight with my mom. And we went no contact. Like, wow. right after I got picked up by publishing. Um, I am so glad you got your book back, though. Me too, because oh. after I went no contact, I fixed it, and it'll be ready to be published really soon. I'd consider it like 99% done. Oh, very cool. Yep, nice. I decided to edit it up to like current standards. Some of it didn't age well since like 2015, admittedly. <laughs> that happens, that happens. Yeah, so some of the dialogue needed a little adjustment but well when that one comes out definitely let me know and i'll have you back on the show again because uh, oh absolutely I, I can't wait yeah i'd love to hear about this this is a book that's been in the works for a number Seven of years, years. yeah we, we gotta get you a little publicity for this Eight, one too. actually oh my gosh <laughs> oh man so, yeah so when you're writing who inspires you the most? Is there a writer? Is there an actor? Is there a friend? Um, a a beloved, cherished, adopted family member? Anybody um, like that? I use a lot of people for a lot of characters. I'll admit that. Some I did use celebrities for. Uh, one of it affected the entire trajectory of the entire series. That's a funny story. But, um, <laughs> for example... Uh, the relationship with Levi and his parents, I didn't really have a good relationship and they're not abusive. Their parents trying their best. Yeah. I have no idea what I would do if my son or daughter ever survived a shooting. 
but they're clearly they clearly love him and i didn't really have that so i base it on the love i get for my aunt and uncle for sure oh that's Um, cool they don't behave like my aunt and uncle but the love is there and you can feel it like them that's what i based that off that's Um, very cool and then my siblings and my friends are a huge inspiration for a lot of the characters but my inspiration for writing in general is m night Shyamalan. nice i love I him. love his twist oh my yep. gosh Amanda's that that was my goal the the <laughs> twist was my goal uh my mantra is to write like m night like that's what i tell myself when i'm stuck just yep. pop in little east like hidden bits to catch up on later um there's yep. so much foreshadowing in this book oh, and very cool. i really credit him um i've been obsessed with the sixth sense and unbreakable since i was eight years old nice you know i've never seen unbreakable until this past year my husband and watched it with me it was great i, I loved it i love bruce willis <laughs> yeah i do too it's, it's a shame about his health the poor guy oh yeah um yeah sending him all the best prayers and everything absolutely he was seriously an inspiration he's the star of at least four of my favorite movies and not none of them even yeah. even die hard i've never <laughs> seen die hard are you kidding that's my christmas staple <laughs> oh man i've seen okay i've seen bob's burgers and i've seen like other episodes of other series that talk about die hard so much that i could probably tell you about die hard i could hold a conversation but i've never seen it not once oh my gosh that's funny you should watch it sometime it's good i I think i have to just to tribute bruce willis and actually see what everyone you know (laughs) i liked all of his like darker movies you know like the sixth sense obviously yeah yeah that one's that one will always be a favorite for me always oh yeah that's the reason (laughs) i wanted to like get into psychology nice yep so how do you celebrate your little wins in life? That was something that I learned from a psychologist is when you have a little win, when you do something great or something that you're proud of, give yourself a little reward. Do you happen to do that? Um, I don't know if I necessarily do. No? No. Um, I guess I do. I indulge in. Oh, you cut out one more time. It's very strange. Hello, sorry. I do live in the middle of nowhere. Can you hear me? <laughs> there you are. Yep, gotcha. Okay. Um, I'm a little bit impulsive. I have really severe ADHD. So sometimes, as long as the impulse would only affect me, I just indulge in it. If I've been winning lately, like if there's no real consequence, if it's like a piercing or a tattoo or something like that, I'll just be like, you know what? Screw it. I've been good lately. <laughs> that's awesome (laughs) what's what's your favorite tattoo oh man um my best friend liz painted this leaf uh before she died pretty shortly before she died and i got it tattooed on me a couple years ago it's oh cool on my my bicep i love it but i also have a semicolon on my hand and i see that all the time so yeah that one's a favorite too Yep, I uh, almost got that one myself. I don't have any tattoos at the moment, but that's if I ever get one, that's exactly what I'm getting. I highly recommend it. Because um, yeah. I-, I think it's there for a good reason. It's the yeah. last thing you're going to see. So don't. It's that last little reminder. 
Because no matter yep. what you're doing, you're looking at your hands. Yep, absolutely. It's brilliant. So, so before we go, there's always one last question that I love to ask people and just to get their opinion of themselves. Okay. So, what is one thing that you love about yourself that is not based on your physical appearance? Oh, man. Um, I really care about animals. I have a house full oh. of foster fails. So, oh. I, yeah. Oh, man. Oh, that's we cool. Have, we have four cats. Two of them are foster fails. Uh, <laughs> all four are rescues. And oh. we have two foster fail dogs and a current foster dog. Oh, wow. Yep. You have, you basically have a petting zoo. I always have, though. <laughs> um, that's the one thing I will absolutely credit my parents for forever. They raised us with like 16 different dogs in sets of three to four and ferrets and lizards and all this stuff. So oh. I've grown up really loving animals my entire life. And that's I cool. think that that's pretty cool. Like yeah. it actually helps the depression a lot. It's hard to be sad when you're in a house full of the cutest animals on the planet. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> so when I met my husband, I had four cats. Um, he had two cats and a dog. The, the dog, unfortunately, just recently passed away. Uh, but I tell people all the time that once we merged households, we basically have a petting zoo. People always laugh at that, but they don't realize how true that is. I've, my animals, every single one of them does something different in response oh, to any kind of a trauma response or anything. So if I'm having a PTSD nightmare, my cat Jack Jack will head, wake, wake me up by headbutting me under the chin until I wake up. Um, my little girl Violet will absolutely play nursemaid to anybody who's sad or upset or emotionally uh, exhausted in any way. She's just right there and makes you sit down. Dash will force me to go back to sleep if I wake up. And if you catch a theme there, all my cats are named after the uh, kids from the movie The Incredibles. <laughs> oh, I love that. <laughs> so I got a thing for fiction anyway. Um, <laughs> but yeah, they're, the animals are just absolutely incredible creatures. And I, my life wouldn't be the same without them. Oh, I absolutely agree. My golden retriever, she hugs people on command. Cool. sometimes randomly she's a huge dog too so she can get up to your shoulders and just pull you in for a hug um <laughs> my other dog next does deep pressure therapy wow um then cassie and celeste two of the kittens they're dilute calico twins cutest things in the world um <laughs> i've been fostering them since they were two weeks old and i just kept them i got really <laughs> attached to the one that had ftt yeah um but they both need on people making biscuits. <laughs> and uh, oh. Deku just loves to lay on laps and be held like a baby. So, oh, that's awesome. Yeah. You got a fun little household full. Oh, yeah. And kids. <laughs> I also have yeah. two very young children. So, oh, my goodness. How old are they? Uh, I have an almost five year old and an almost two year old. Oh. That's yep. such a fun age. They both turn or have birthdays this fall. So, oh, well, happy birthday to them early. Absolutely. Cool. They are. They're amazing. Um, I had Jason when I was 19. And wow. he's just incredible. And my daughter is the sweetest thing ever. 
Aww. crazy, but <laughs> adorable. I'm old enough now that my husband's daughter, my stepdaughter, is uh, married, and they, she and her husband have baby fever. So we are looking forward to hopefully being grandparents in the next year or so. Ooh. Oh, I know. Man. We're excited, but I'm feeling old. There's <laughs> a whole other generation of a cycle being broken. <laughs> yep, exactly. That girl is amazing. My stepdaughter, she's absolutely one of the most amazing people I've ever met. She's kept her nose to the grindstone and she's been a studier and pretty much her whole life. She just got her, I think her master's degree. Oh my she's God. a, yeah, she's far and away better, way better human being than I ever thought of being. <laughs> uh, well, um, Mason, just one more time. The name of your book is the ghost of you by Mason Carla. Um, is there anything else that you wanted to add before we go? Any advice for anybody else who's a survivor of either school shootings or anything similar to what you've been through? Oh, did I lose you one more time? I think you might have. Am I back? Oh, there you are. Now you're back. <laughs> okay. <laughs> um, I think the biggest thing is just realizing that above all, it's not your fault. Um, I struggled with the blame and the survivor's guilt of a lot of different situations. And I think the guilt is easily the worst part that contributes to things like depression and suicide and severe anxiety. And I think just knowing that hindsight bias and rumination do not equal that you could have done anything differently in any of those situations. So just please know that it was never your fault. Um, it does get better. It absolutely has to. Like, I remember when I was 16 and I was extremely suicidal all the time. And I dreamed of having exactly the life I do now. Like, I wish that I could tell 16-year-old me that when I was as depressed as I was, that it gets better. Because it absolutely does. It might take some time, but it gets better. And none of it was ever your fault. Nice. That is absolutely beautiful advice. You're spot on. Uh, I, I think a lot of people struggle with that too. Anybody who's gone through trauma in some way tries to force themselves into the blame, whether it's survivor's guilt or I shouldn't have ended up there or this is my fault or I wore yep. the wrong dress or any number of things. We force any, ourselves into this guilt. That is absolutely 100% the main plot of The Ghost of You is Levi's struggling with his guilt for wow. the shooting while he heals through it. So I think that it's a very important lesson and yeah. I really hope that it hits where it needs to. And I hope that there's just more kids like me who can have a better, easier to swallow way to understand it in a way that is fiction. Yeah. And they can kind of distance themselves from it while still being put into somebody else's head. I think reading like that is a great way to learn empathy for not only yourself, but for everyone else too. Absolutely. I think you are, uh, you, you may be borderline on the edge of, of genius here. Kids <laughs> need this. <laughs> Kids need this. You are Absolutely. giving this world something of great, huge value. And not just in your writing, but in who you are as a person. You are incredible. 
thank you um i really appreciate that that's honestly my only goal with writing is to break down mental illness and trauma and grief in a way that is able to be explained so that people can understand like hey there's nothing wrong with you this is what is going on yeah and i think putting that into fiction in a way that people can relate to whether it's someone who has survived a school shooting which i honestly don't recommend reading this book um or just someone who cares about it you can really get in that mindset and understand the problem and understand that all of us go through that to some degree maybe not at that level but there's characters to relate to throughout this book going through various different situations that are meant to break down heavy disorders and topics so that people understand what is going on with them when they can't articulate it. That was my whole problem as a kid. I had all these feelings and I had no idea what any of them meant until I started reading. Yeah. Yeah. So that's I'm glad you got through it. I'm so glad you got through it all. You're going to help so many people. I really hope so. Thank you so much. Um, I know you help a lot of people too. That's, that's really the goal. Thank you. It it can all be for a reason if you let it. Yes, absolutely. (laughs) Well, I'm really happy you came on the show today, Mason. I'm, I'm thrilled to have you and you please, please let me know when that next book is ready to come out so I can get you uh, Um, back on the show again. Absolutely. Do you mind if I tease like a project that's coming up real fast? Sure. Go right ahead. All right. Uh, September 28th, I will be dropping about a chapter by chapter release of a story on Wattpad that is a companion to The Ghost of You. It takes place during The Ghost of You, narrated through Adrian O'Connor, the deuterogonist of the book. Um, So the narration has changed, but consider that the prequel to the second book coming out. Um, It's like Lion King one and a half to the Ghost of You saga. Um, You don't need it, but it'll be available on Wattpad starting September 28th. And you can find information for it on my website. Nice. And what to plug that website? What's your website? (laughs) MasonCarlisleAuthor.com. Awesome. And folks, that will be in the description of the podcast when you see it also. (laughs) All right. All right. Thank you so much, Mason. It was Thank a pleasure you. having you. Um, definitely stay in touch with me, okay? Absolutely. Thank you so much. <laughs> Thank you. Have a wonderful day. You too. <laughs> Bye. Bye.